0: Episode 37: How to use the KonMari method to declutter efficiently and frugally.
1: Welcome to the Frugal Friends podcast, where you'll learn to save money, save money embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Live life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill.
0: Hello everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to the first Frugal Friends podcast of 2019. I am Jen. I'm Jill. Welcome. Yes. And we're so excited because nobody cares more about frugality than somebody on January 1st through 4th. So <laughs> is, that true? This is here's this the stats is, on that. Yeah. Everyone cares about it for the first four <laughs> days in the New Year's. And so we're catching you on the tail end of caring about spending less and saving more. And so we're just so excited to uh, to see you out the door on that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> this is probably the last day of any level of interest you have in this, in cutting out sugar, in exercising, in waking up mm-hmm. early. Yes. So while you're still on this
0: kick and you've listened to all of our other episodes in the past four days, if this is the last episode you hear from us, we wanted to make it a really good one. So we're talking about the KonMari method uh, for decluttering and how it ties in with minimalism and frugality, because obviously that's what we are all about. So how how are you feeling about it, Jill? How are you feeling about the new
1: year? I'm feeling great. 2019 is going to hold so many good things for me, whether it likes it or not. <laughs> and I'm excited to talk about this because I think that there's some holes that we can poke at. And I like yeah. to poke at holes and make them bigger.
0: Before we started recording, Jill was like, so how how pokey can I get into these holes? <laughs> and she said it less weird than that. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which took us down a trail of talking about Facebook pokes and how complicated those can be. Yes. Anyhow. So... Uh, needless to say, we
0: are going to poke at some holes, uh, we're going to fill some in, and at the end, we are going to offer you a chance to take some action and uh, hopefully create a more uh, stress-free, organized, decluttered 2019. So that is something we are really excited about. That does sound fantastic. Yeah, but first... our sponsors sponsors. and we
1: have a brand new one i am personally really excited about this
0: for selfish
1: reasons (laughs) here it is modernfrugality.com i wonder who came up with this one really good person yeah the shop at modern frugality (laughs) has free and low-cost printables resources ebooks it's all going to help you reduce your spending minimize your stuff Organize your life and meal plan efficiently. Holy smokes, it has everything. I know. Whatever you're looking for on your path to financial security, Modern Frugality has some of it. (laughs) 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 You'll have to visit shop.modernfrugality.com to see what it has. Frugal Friends listeners get 50% off your purchase with the code FRUGALFRIENDS19. That's frugal yeah. Friends, one nine. check it out. You get fifty percent off of some of what it has to offer well, you get you get that amount off of everything it has to offer, but it it only offers some things,
0: yeah, um, <laughs> so, full disclosure. Modern frugality is my relaunched website, um and the shop goes along with it. So I wanted to tell our listeners about it. Because I am doing a real big push to put more printables and ebooks on the shop. So Jen I wanna the, also. Jen's the brains behind this whole thing. I'm behind some of it. But <laughs> see, because Modern Frugality only has some of what you need. Uh, and, <laughs> and you have if, to check it out to see what that sum is.
1: If you buy from her, you will be lining some of her pockets correct it's also some of Uncle Sam's so <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but yeah so I I want to offer 50% off this code never expires so whenever you're listening to it and every time I launch something new I will talk about it on the podcast so right now there's um, products for helping you achieve more minimalism and um, in relation in with the Kanmari method, which we'll be talking about today, there's some meal planning stuff. There's some financial goal planning, um, all that. So that's on there right now, and there's only more
1: to come. Um, you're taking up more time than typical sponsors take up. I'm so sorry. It is a you're going to have to We've done this one. You're going to have to pay more for this spot.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll negotiate after. Okay. <laughs> all right. So our second sponsor needs just as much time, though it won't get it. Uh, new year's resolutions, (laughs) tired of those five pounds of cookie weight you put on in 2017 with 2018 dead and gone. Now is definitely the year you're going to get your life together. You said you were going to do it last year, but we know you were actually just waiting for this year (laughs) to make all your goals and (laughs) dreams come true. So if you're ready for exciting changes in your life, make a new year's resolution. It's not as good as a plan, but it's fun to think about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Resolution versus plan. You're right. Just I've resolved. You've done nothing. You've done nothing but resolve. But you haven't even resolved it because it's not resolved yet. Oh, boy. Deciphering that one. (laughs) We should should move right along. Otherwise, people are going to be so discouraged.
0: Yeah. So if we haven't lost you yet, uh, we're talking about the KonMari method. And we've got a few internet gems uh, that are going to help you work through it. Um, but we also wanted to preface with, so a lot of people can be intimidated by the KonMari method because it's very rigid. Um, but we wanted to give a space for flexibility and modification in that mm. method. So that's kind of where where we sit on it, Um, especially because, so I read the book last year and it totally got me on fire for uh, minimalism and decluttering all that stuff. It really did put me down like a new life path. Um, It didn't make me declutter crazy, but it definitely inspired these things in me and got me thinking more about it.
1: I do remember I saw you. I think you finished the book on the plane yes. as you were flying to see us. Yes, and I so did. you You were all hopped up on some Kamari magic mm-hmm. and you were telling me all kinds of weird stuff. Like, I just read this book and she tells you to touch your things, to stroke them, to talk to them as you're throwing them <laughs> out and thank them. And I was like... What? I yeah. and, and I took it with a grain of salt. I was like, okay, Jen, that's what you read. It's important to stay up on the trends. But what did you think about? Because I'm just like, are 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 you touching and stroking your things as you as you say them farewell and thank them for for what they did for you? Where, where? What's your take on this? And and I think at the time you were like, I see some merit to it. Yeah,
0: and I feel the same way right now. Like I I see um 90% of it is merit like and 10% of it is weird and so that's i think how you could should maybe view all things in life yeah <laughs> so um but i also want to preface in saying that um like what marie kondo does she's like a freaky professional who loves this stuff um and houses in japan are an average of 1300 square feet yeah while everyone over in the US is like i don't know about decluttering and we also have house sizes about 2500 square feet so like double like you'd be doing another house almost wow. with the average just size average that we US have.
1: house size compared to average yeah. house size in Japan so which i have yeah. been curious about as i've read through some of these articles even about the kamari method is just what are some cultural differences that we might see emerge in here. And I think that's one of them. Yeah. I think we can get, uh, you know, with
0: anything, we take things at face value, what, you know, what we read or what we hear, and we don't think of the context from which they're coming from. Mm. So I think it's important to look at all of this in the context of Marie Kondo is super passionate about uh, decluttering and tidying up, as she calls it. All the people she works with are working with a professional who's done this many times before, and they are all in houses or apartments half the size of what we're dealing with over here. So with that being said, mm-hmm. let's get into the Kanmari method for an American, <laughs> predominantly American <laughs>
1: audience. Yeah. I mean, who knows who's listening to us? There's no way For
0: there is. I mean, we have stats on our host. <laughs> <on> our, our <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, anyway,
1: our, our first
0: uh, our first article is uh, from Get Rich Slowly. And uh, this is a really well-known personal finance blog from J.D. Roth. And uh, it's called My Experience with the KonMari Method and the Life-Changing Magic of
1: Tidying Up. What'd you think about it, Jill? Yeah. I thought that they did a really good job of highlighting the book, which is perfect for me because uh, full disclosure on my end, I have not read the book. I've heard a lot about it and I read articles like this. So for me, this is helpful to just get a snapshot of what the book book is and what Marie Kondo recommends that you do in your decluttering goals and process.
0: Yeah. I think you don't have to read the full book to get The idea. I think reading it is definitely beneficial if you want to do it. Yeah. Uh, But you definitely don't have to read it. And JD Roth actually also read the life changing manga of Tidying Up, Mm. which is the uh, like comic version, manga version of the book. So if you're not super into novels or words, You can pick up the life-changing manga of Tidying Up. There are pictures. Yes. Get the same info. Yeah. But yeah, he goes through it just like the book. And uh, I I think we should just start from the top.
1: Yeah, let's go through it. So one of the things that, and again, he's highlighting for us what the Kamari method is, what it does. So one of the tips is to start by visualizing your ideal lifestyle. So this is referring to think about before you even start, what do you want your home to look like? What kind of life do you want to lead there and, and what would that home look like in order to be conducive for that life? And they said it, it's a similar question to think about what your purpose in life is. I think it's worth asking. What are your thoughts on that, Jen? Start by visualizing your ideal lifestyle.
0: Well, yeah, because we do the same thing when we're talking about personal finance or frugality. Yeah. You you start with your why. Yeah. And I think this is just it mirrors that perfectly. Start with your why. Like, my why is I want to have people over. I want to clean less. I want to, you know, do certain things in my house and, and not be inhibited by piles of things. Mm. Um, so that's my why. From there, I can visualize, well, what does the house look like that meets my why? Mm. And that's essentially what she's saying. So if you spent any time paying off debt or, or saving money, this should not be a problem for you.
1: Then you should have that insight because that will be what you keep coming back to as you run into barriers or struggles or challenges to remind yourself, this is why I'm doing this. That's a good way of reframing it, Jen.
0: Yeah. The next two points that JD talks about are kind of on the same mm-hmm. wavelength. It's She advocates for um, tidying in one large push rather than a little at a time Mm -hmm. and uh, to discard all at once intensely and completely. Mm -hmm. So this is where I waver just slightly because I'm definitely an all-or-nothing person. So it it does help me to do it in a large push. Uh, But she talks about in her book doing it in one day. And for most people, that's not feasible, Mm -hmm. especially if you're not paying an expert to come over and help you go through these processes mm-hmm. quickly. I like the idea of going through as much as possible in in maybe a three-day weekend or starting Friday night and going through Saturday and Sunday or making it like a month-long challenge, like trying to keep it within a month um, so you don't lose steam. Right. And so it's still a large push, but it's not as rigid as – Yeah. Marie does.
1: Not to mention that can be so daunting. And if something seems Mm -hmm. impossible, then we're not going to do it at all. So, okay, there may be some people out there who could do that all in one fell swoop. But most people are not going to be able to fit that into their working parenting lifestyles. So Mm -hmm. that's, this is one hole that I'm like poking at a bit. And, (laughs) and if we compare this, you know, we did talk with Joshua Becker in our episode with him and he chatted with us a bit about his take on this. And I think, well, he didn't speak to this specifically, but to contrast this of his recommendation is always to, to start small because people can be overwhelmed and they always go to the biggest challenge first. Well, what about, my, I don't know, whatever your biggest thing is, my bedroom, that's going to be so difficult to go through the things there or my kitchen. Well, don't do that. Go through your junk drawer first or your basement or something that is going to be, that basement's not a good. good example. (laughs) For some people, it's not a good example. Yeah. So I I do think that some of this is what is going to work best for you. I I know that there are the people out there who are just like, I just need to do it. I just need to get it done in one fell swoop where I'm not going to. And others are like, oh my gosh, that's too much. I will never do it. So this Mm -hmm. really is a what fits your lifestyle, what makes sense to you, what works best for you. Yes, totally agree with that. So then the other... The other thing, so this is I think this is the biggest key point that people know about the Kamari method, mm-hmm. even if you live under a rock, you've probably heard this. that's probably also the biggest hole we're gonna poke, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start poking at this thing hard and then like and then pulling apart the area that we poked. Mm. okay, so <laughs> <Weird>. keeping <it laughs> a bad visual. Let's move away from that. keeping only the things that spark joy. So this idea in the KonMari method is that you will basically in any room or any category that you are going through things, you you pour it out onto the ground and then you just start to go through and you lift it up in front of your face. And if it sparks joy, you keep it. And if it doesn't spark joy, you discard it. And you are going solely based off of what your emotions are telling you in the moment of whether or not it's sparking joy. That's how you declutter.
0: Yeah, which implies that things can spark joy, which we don't completely agree with. And we'll talk more about that in our next article. I get what she's saying Mm -hmm. and I can track with her, but I think that she
1: views things differently than we do. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. And it it can be a good filter or framework, but there's got to be a bit more around it than just mm-hmm. that. And so yes, we'll talk about that more, but that is part of this Kanmari method and probably the biggest foundational thing. Does it spark yeah. joy?
0: I mean, she also talks to her clothing and and strokes it. And so I definitely think she views things differently than we do. <laughs> But we'll get we'll get into that further down. Uh, the next thing is something I really agree with, mm. um, and I can really get on board with, is to tidy by category, not by location. Yeah, and if you are tidying by location, it's very easy to miss things that might be duplicates that are stored in different rooms. Mm. But if you're bringing categories together. There's no way that you can miss duplicates. And that is something, especially for miscellany, uh, is very important. And, and for clothes as well,
1: that's important. Tip. And I think that that is how I declutter. I never would have put words to it. But yeah, it makes sense to just do clothes. Don't just do your whole bedroom. Focus on the clothes. Then move on to the other category of things that are in your bedroom.
0: Yeah. And even within the category, you can break it up by, I'm only doing shirts right now, or I'm only doing pants or bottoms right now. Like, You can break it down further because even the category of clothes, doing all the clothes at the same time can be overwhelming. So I really like she will break it down per piece.
1: Yeah. Okay. So then another part of this method is regarding discarding and storing. So she's saying only after you've finished discarding your things, and that can mean anything, donating them, giving them away, selling them, or literally trashing them if they are just trash. Like, the thrift store doesn't want your trash, and neither do nonprofits. There's a little plug. Yeah. Only then is it okay to to store your items and finding a good place to to put them mm-hmm. Um yeah. Is there any more to say about that?
0: <laughs> no. I mean, so I, I give a little grace for this one because I don't know. I always have time to take stuff down to Goodwill or sell it like before I need things to be back in their place. Okay. So once you have finished discarding and maybe put it in a section of your house, like by the door or put I'll usually put stuff in my trunk, mm-hmm. Um. then I will put things back. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I do it. Okay. Yeah. And then the final thing of this article, essentially she says, after you discard, make it easy to maintain. So Mm -hmm. there is no need for pricey storage systems to use what you have for storage and uh, organization. I love how frugal she is in her thoughts towards storage and organization Uh, Mm -hmm. because she'll use empty boxes or she'll just fold things in a way where they don't need storage bins or separators. Uh, So she's so frugal in that. She says the important thing is not to have a great organization system. The point is to make it easy to put things away. Mm. So to have everything has a place so you don't need to think about where things go. So when you're just day-to-day tidying up, you can literally just put things where they go without thinking because the less you have to think, the easier it is to maintain, and the
1: longer you will maintain it. And the more you have to think about the important things, brain space mm-hmm. for the important things. I wanted to poke a hole in this at first, but after I thought about it, I started to agree. She says to focus more on – uh the ease of putting things away versus the ease of getting them out. And I was like, isn't that kind of the same thing? But then as I thought uh, practically for myself, I realized it's not quite the same thing, that it is usually more complicated for me to put something away than it is to get it out. And this is what mm-hmm. she's saying, that you, if you want something, you're going to go get it from wherever it is. Usually where the problem comes in is if it's hard to put it away, then you're not going to. You want to be able to put your coat easily away into the closet. Don't worry so much about the accessibility and getting it out, but will you put it away quickly? And sometimes it, it will work both ways really well, but focusing more on will you be able to put it away rather than will you be able to get it back out?
0: Yeah. And the purpose of decluttering is to make things easier to put in and out. And that means more things get more use. And you're not rebuying things you already have or because you don't know where they are in your closet or, or whatever. And therefore, you're saving money because mm-hmm. you're buying fewer things. So that is one of the reasons that we're so passionate about decluttering and minimalism is because of the direct tie-in that it has with spending less,
1: yeah, and the, the freedom to not have to get tons of expensive organizational bins. I think that's exactly. a big pitfall to this conversation is like, oh, now I have to make it look so Instagram pretty. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, you don't. You just want yeah. to go shopping.
0: I mean, you can look at JD's blog post that we'll we'll have linked in the show notes. and I mean, he does the KonMari method, and it's, it's great. It works. It's definitely not Instagrammable, but he's got pictures up. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's the method. It's, He's using the right, method. Right. So you can, uh, if you want to check out his story, definitely uh, head to getrichslowly.org uh, for that. And But I think we're ready to move on to our, our next one. Let's do it.
1: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. m-o-n-e-y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. So this one is
0: five life-changing lessons the Kanmari decluttering method taught me. And this is from
1: happier.com. Yeah. The first one is that joy is simple, but powerful. So she's definitely on board with this whole, does it spark joy? She thought that it was a very good filter for deciding, should I keep this? Should, should I not? It was very clear to her immediately when she held things up, whether or not it sparked joy. And I think the a good key in this one is using that method to also get rid of guilt that we might feel in throwing things away. So I did understand this point of, okay, you might hold up a dress and be like, oh gosh, I never wore this. I feel guilty about getting rid of this because I thought that I was going to wear it to all these things. And so then the Kamari method would argue, well, at one point, it brought you joy. And so Be grateful, thank it, stroke it for the joy that it brought you at that one time in the store and get Mm -hmm. rid of it. So there's a freedom that it can bring, but there's a big hole there in my mind with that.
0: Yeah, I wanted to find something that talked about, that agreed with her method just to put it into perspective. Mm -hmm. But I think I could translate joy to value. As well, when I look at my clothes and I'm deciding what to keep, I can say, "Do I value this right now?" I feel like that would be an appropriate phrase for me to use, maybe not for everyone. Okay I think we can all find our own spark joy phrase, uh-huh. but I personally don't want to attach joy or feelings with any of my inanimate objects.
1: That, yeah, there's so many layers here because, first of all, if that is the filter and we are just saying joy, then that can, if we apply this blindly across everything, then that can give license to just accumulate things. Just saying, well, it did bring me joy at one point and I'll just get rid of it when it no longer brings Mm -hmm. me joy and can kind of create this throw away society, which we're already that we're already there. So I think part of this is is not accumulating just to throw it away because that's that's not sustainable. But I also think I wonder and I haven't fully fleshed this out. And this is speaking to what you're saying too here, Jen, of I think emotions are so attached To So much of what we do, we talk about emotional eating, not we, but our society is talking about emotional eating and detaching ourselves from that emotional buying, shopping, emotional keeping. So I struggle with this, even this entire concept of looking at our emotions, because our emotions can shift every Mm -hmm. single day like am i doing this while i'm pmsing well then yeah (laughs) certainly like my things and my husband's things are getting thrown out uh or am i doing this when i am in a super happy mood well then most things are going to be kept because everything is so enamoring to me so to be led by emotions in that way to me it's not it's not a good filter on a lot of levels but then also like you said to attach that to inanimate objects like the things that bring me joy and joy is so it's such an intense word too. we're not just talking mm-hmm. happiness like joy is a much deeper thing and to say that an inanimate object is bringing me this like deep joy in my soul. Ooh, I'm a little mm-hmm. bit scared of that of that happening. I don't want to be that attached to my things. I want to be able to let go of yeah anything that's cluttering my life whether or not it. It brings me that joy. I'm concerned about the emotional attachments and why I might keep things versus get rid of things. So,
0: yeah. And we're looking at joy from a Japanese translation to an American one. There you go. So she could mean something less intense, but I think for us, that's just the way that we view joy. It's kind of like on a higher level than happiness and and so that's our interpretation so I think we have to find our own spark joy phrase to translate it appropriately
1: yeah I mean for me and it's not too far off from this I do my filter is does it bring beauty or function for Mm -hmm. me so that's yeah so there there's some flavors of the KonMari method probably in that maybe in the beauty But then also the function, because like one of these articles pointed out, like, of course, your toothbrush most likely is not sparking joy for you. But you need that. Like, don't throw that out. You're going to. Yeah. Clean teeth spark joy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got to go down a long rabbit trail for that one. But it's it's something. And it sounds like it's working for some people. But I'm just not sure I want to encourage emotional attachments to my things.
0: Yeah. I did like the perspective that Marie put. Uh, you mentioned the one thing with the clothing that you know you have a a very unworn piece of clothing that maybe you wore at one point and it did bring you joy, and then you have another piece of clothing that maybe you never wore but you bought it because you wanted to be this person and you got it home and you realized you were not that person, but you can't get rid of it because you've never worn it. You have that sunk cost bias.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, she says to. Thank the piece of clothing for teaching you uh who you are and who you are not. and I did I did <laughs> like that. I don't personally thank my clothing, but it did help me get rid of some stuff having that perspective yeah and it it reveals a lot of behavioral economics principles, okay? uh yeah, so it's it's all that kind of emotion tied spending right uh, is behind the theory of Behavioral economics. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: And you know me, I'm all about freedom. So, yes, if this method is going to help people have the freedom to minimize and declutter, then fantastic. But then and maybe this is the difference that we're talking about decluttering versus acquiring because I think in decluttering, okay, does it spark joy, get rid of everything that doesn't spark joy? But that, I don't think that question can be applied when you are purchasing things then. yeah. Because then that, that is how you can get in that rut of collecting. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. it sparked joy in the store. Well, isn't that everybody's problem? It looked great in the dressing room. And you get home, it's like, what the heck happened? Because this is not the dressing room anymore. And this color looks awful on me.
0: Yeah. So it takes away a lot of guilt from previous purchases made. Right, uh, so I think that's a good thing, but um, you kind of you just look at it on your own and decide for yourself. These are just what we think, yeah. So
1: no, um, no but, shaming if you do love the Kanari method. <laughs> this,
0: yeah, this I mean, is I love the. Yeah, I love uh, a lot of the principles of it. Yeah, so yeah, there is I mean, some that's good why we're stuff. talking about it. Yep. Speaking of emotions, one of the life changes that she talked about is we don't hang on to things. We hang on to emotions attached to those things. And that is a really powerful mantra when you are decluttering. Mm. Yeah. And that is, I think ties back to maybe the clothing thing that both clothing things that Jill and I were talking about, like buying something because you want to be this person.
1: Yeah.
0: And maybe that person is not the right person for you to be. And sometimes that realization can be emotional. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of other things too. I think we think about it more in sentimental items, but it can be in books that you want to read that to, to make yourself the type of person that you don't necessarily need to be and just all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah. And this is where it kind of goes both ways of keeping things for an emotion that they evoke, but then also getting rid of things regardless of the emotion they evoke. Is that kind of, is that your understanding, Jen? On yeah. This one? I think she's, she really wants to convey that, that memories and
0: emotions live inside us and that we don't necessarily need a physical, tangible thing whose only use is to help us remember that thing. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, so it goes, I think it can go into every room in the house, every category uh, can hold this kind of emotional bond in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Like I have this uh, kitchen aid, what is it? Like a it chops things. God, I yeah. use it so little I don't even know what it's called. Um, <laughs> a food processor. <laughs> And I got it. I registered for it for my wedding because I wanted to be the person who used a food processor. Uh And it turns out I am not the person who uses a food processor. Yep.
1: But I am emotionally attached to it because I still want to be that person. Yeah. And we did. We talked about that in the Joshua Becker episode, too, which is funny to put or interesting to put these two up against each other and look at the similarities Mm -hmm. and the differences and kind of the recommendations and tips. That they both give. And there's there's good things that we can pull out of all of it. But I think just like anything, we don't have to listen to one voice in this conversation. We can pull on all the yep. wisdom and find what works for us. So anyhow, and this next one that this article talks about is having fewer things you love is better than having a lot of things that you kind of like and I 100% can get on board with this. This is mm-hmm. probably baseline minimalism, the- the- not theology, philosophy. <laughs> I Yeah, I agree. So this is—and and there is freedom in this to not be cluttered and have things all around us that are like, yeah, that's kind of cool, but I don't like this about it, and this is kind of neat, but whatever— Rather than, okay, this, these few things that I have really serve a purpose or they have beauty or they spark joy, if you want to use that, that (laughs) lingo, the lifestyle that that leads to is better than just being surrounded by things that like you, you could give or take, they're, they're, they're okay.
0: Yeah. I think this philosophy is, is essential to our frugality too, because Uh Once you declutter and you have this, you know this capsule wardrobe or this capsule kitchen. You know, I like ca- I like the word capsule; it's very trendy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, once you have this, then you don't feel the need to buy new stuff. You don't feel the need to take advantage of sales just because they're there. And you can be content. You can learn contentment because you're surrounded by things you love, and then you can tell the difference between love and kind of like in your home and your relationships.
1: Yeah. And that is something there that go. she said that once she decluttered and kept things that she loved, then she realized she didn't need more jeans because she really she really enjoyed the ones that she had. It wasn't like, oh, I have 10 pairs that I kind of like, but none of them quite suit my needs. So I'll just get another pair versus no, I have two really great pairs at home. So I don't need any more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And mm, that can help sustain the lifestyle. I do like
0: that. And when you do need a new pair of jeans, you're not going to feel guilty for getting the really quality pair mm-hmm. because you didn't buy the 10 that were just on sale. Oh, yes. Yeah. So another that another tip. perk. Yeah. And the last one on this list, I don't know if you were counting, but we counted the first two as one because they were both about joy. Uh, but so number five is it's not about what others think. So what? I didn't really think about this. Yeah, no. I didn't even think about this when I was decluttering. I guess because I already don't care what others think.
1: <laughs> yes, <Most> <laughs> that's <laughs> part already. of aging. It comes with the right. territory. Although I think I've we've, already given up. we've hit it a little too early, so I'm a little afraid for what we're going to be like when we're fifty, gen, But. Uh, yeah, You'll get to hear
0: it on the podcast But <laughs> I, So she said this story That I really resonated with um, And it's while she was decluttering She had a black sweater And she was trying to decide whether to keep it Or get rid of it So she put it on for her daughter and husband And they both said it looked good They gave the thumbs up And so the sweater went back in her closet But it kept nagging at her Like she didn't really like it uh-huh. And And usually we care about what others think In a negative aspect but this was a f- reversal. Like, they really liked it. And she was like, I just don't know. But since they like it, I'll keep it. And eventually she was like, does this really bring me joy? Or it could have also been like, do I personally really like this? Yeah. And then it was like, no, I don't. So she she got rid of it. Yeah. And yeah, that is something that I will take with me into this year's declutter.
1: Yeah.
0: Because uh, there are there's things... Travis and I have different opinions on what I should be wearing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but you're a strong, and, independent woman. You make up your own mind. Right? Yeah. So
0: <laughs> he wants me to wear like clothes that fit and I just want to wear like bags. Uh,
1: so, <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with my heart. And wear the bags? Yeah. Mm, okay. Whatever. Whatever sparks joy. Jen, I can 100% relate to that, though, In, in a lot of areas of life, particularly, though, with my own things, trying on a pair of shoes or what do you think about it? And oh, yeah, I really like it. But it's like, for me, I know the intricacies of it you know he may say yes i like those pair of shoes on you but then i can know yeah but they kind of dig in on my left side and i'll only wear it with this outfit and i've only worn that outfit a few times he doesn't know that whole inner dialogue and it doesn't really matter to him that much whether or not i get rid of it so why don't i just make my own decisions for myself there there's a novel concept now (laughs) but but one of the Kanmari method things is to do this on your own. Don't take into consideration what others think. And I think at first I was like, what? That's so isolating. It's so individualistic. Other people matter. Community. Rah, rah.
0: You're so going to get in trouble for throwing away your husband and children's things. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I think <laughs> that, that this, this point really did help me to kind of understand what... That's talking about in the KonMari method is that no one's going to know the inner dialogue of your personal things. You make the decision. But I do think this is the hole I'm going to poke in it that, yes, when it's shared items when it or when it is somebody else's things. No, you don't get to do that alone. I'm just going to mm-hmm. trump that one and say you, you don't get to do that alone. <laughs> but I, I agree. Make the decision for your own clothing. And... Yeah, what you know fits and what looks good on you or whatever mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be clothing. But
0: I will say if you live with a hoarder, then you can <laughs> go through and maybe pick out some things, like just help him out, but don't get rid of them, hide them. And then when he asks where they are, <laughs> then you say, "Oh, it's it's here." <laughs> um and then in like if it's been several months and he has not asked, then
1: they go. This sounds very specific. This hoarder <laughs> is a male and you live with him. And, and it's just
0: a theory. Yeah. You know, that you want if you want to test it out. I mean,
1: <laughs> it depends on what your definition of hoarding is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tread lightly. Tread lightly on other people's things.
0: Yeah. But you know what we don't have to tread lightly on? Oh, the best time of the week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bill Clinton, this is the Bill of the Week. Hi, my name
0: is Tyler, and my favorite bill is my mortgage. That is really weird, I know. (laughs) But because I am a first-time homeowner, and I just bought my house um, in September, it is still my favorite bill as of right now because I'm making changes to my house. It's something that I can call my own, and it's something that I'm extremely proud of. So... I would have to it's a
1: mortgage. All right. Thanks. Awesome, Tyler. Yes, this is a perfect bill for today. I thought they said luggage at first. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is interesting. Let's talk about that. And then (laughs) I realized it was mortgage, and that does make sense. There's something to be said about the pride in home ownership Mm -hmm. and responsibility and... Oh, even being able to pay that bill. Yes, there's so much yes. wrapped up in there. Congratulations.
0: I I I love my mortgage. I love being able to put extra money towards the principal of my mortgage. I know Joshua Becker and I geeked out about this when he was here. <laughs> uh, but that is an empowering feeling mm-hmm. knowing how much money you are saving. Mm-hmm. Um or like Tyler who's doing renovations on her house right now. Like how much Your value of your home is going up Mm -hmm. just because of the things you're doing. It's so empowering. So, Tyler, thank you so much for that bill. If you've got a bill that you'd like to tell us about, please visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and leave us one. We love hearing all of your bills. Yes, we do.
1: Yes. It's our favorite
0: part of the week, like we said. Always. Always. (laughs) Always. We did actually get some. We got our first robo call on the hotline this week, <laughs> um, asking us about like back braces or something. I don't know. But yeah, so if you're not calling, somebody else is. Uh, but we can't use those bills because they're clearly not about bills. So yeah. we need you to provide. Step up. if.
1: And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
0: All right. So we've talked all about this KonMari method. And we really want to, A, do it ourselves. Well, me more than Jill, because I actually have 1,300 square feet to declutter. Um, and <laughs> then, <laughs> and also give you guys the chance to join in with us. And we're not going to do it all in a day, uh, cause that's daunting. Ain't nobody, yeah, ain't nobody got time for that. No, but we're gonna we're gonna try it out over thirty one days. I like
1: it. Yeah. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be using Marie Kondo's method for decluttering, but like Jen said, more toned down thirty one day challenge.
0: I have made a list of everything that Marie includes in her book for decluttering and listed it out over 31 days. And so I know it's January 4th and you're already a little behind, but the first few are super easy and you can catch up really easily this weekend
1: or you can go four days into February. No one is right. going to. It's thirty-one uh, day. Mad about it. Doesn't have to just be January. Whenever right. you're listening in. So what these are, they're mini declutters, and sh- they should not take you more than an hour to tackle. They can, but don't let them. Just put, <laughs> put put your put your efforts towards it for an hour. It's a real world kickstart that Marie would not approve of, but she's <laughs> not here.
0: Yeah, and so. We are going to have the link to the calendar on our show notes for this episode, and you can sign up to get the calendar emailed to you. And um, the it's coming from the Modern Frugality shop, back to our sponsor, uh, which is actually me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and we also, if you don't want to do a month long, but you uh, would rather do maybe a weekend. um, the shop also has a free weekend starter challenge, and uh, you can get that for free. It's called the Weekend Kanmari Challenge Guide. So we are going to do the 31-day here. There's also a two-and-a-half-day challenge. So whatever you want, you can find it there. And uh, And yeah, so we hope you will join in with us and declutter your
1: life this year and then join us on the frugal friends Facebook community group post pictures tell us how it's mm-hmm. going for you we we love group challenges group participation community input it's what spurs yes. us on
0: I know I I'm so excited Jill are you is there anything in particular that you were excited to?
1: declutter my clothing since moving out of a motor home and in with my grandmother which is still not a lot of space but I have been a little (laughs) bit lax on collecting things Uh, I really haven't spent any money on clothing but people will give me clothing that they're getting rid of and I'll go through it and if there's something that I like then I'll keep it and I've gotten a little bit like yeah, because I've had space, I have filled that with clothing. It's my downfall. It's my Achilles heel. And I gotta go through it because now I've just got drawers full of things that I hardly wear or I don't really like that much. So I'm but I'm excited. I am looking forward to getting rid of clothes and getting back on track with a more pared down wardrobe. Yeah. How about you?
0: Same's clothes. Well, so literally everything, Jill because Uh-oh. we we are expecting our first child.
1: Whoa! <laughs> Talk about things that spark joy. Yes. A little bundle. Uh,
0: yeah. So we are literally expecting to spark joy in May. Yes. And uh, so there are um, things that go into having a baby um, that involve <laughs> accumulation. Uh, and uh. so we... I really am committed to getting rid of a lot of stuff from our bedroom, our kitchen. My office is going to become a nursery soon. So there's just so many things. And uh, so I'm very motivated to pare down to just the essentials.
1: Start Um, it now before you get huge.
0: That's what I'm saying. I have to because yeah. I'm already growing. And if I if I don't do it in January, I fear it won't
1: get done. Especially as the warmer months start coming in. Holy mm-hmm. smokes. You're going to be big and sweaty. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So excited for you. (laughs) I'm always,
0: always happy to hear your encouragement for my life.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm excited for you. And I'm also excited for me and what that I get to watch this happen and then also for our podcast, because I think this is good press for us, you know, <laughs> to have a baby on the that's, way. I yeah, think it's going to be fantastic for our ratings. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's uh, why I did it. <laughs> yeah. I thought, oof, we need a little
1: something to shake things up. Yep. So, and then when our ratings start go. to go down again, I'll get pregnant and we'll just go yeah. back and forth and back and forth until we're famous. Yes. Because of our babies. It's going to be a
0: lot of kids. (laughs) We're going to have a lot of kids at that, Rachel. I don't know if you want to commit to that. Yeah. Uh, Oh doke. Well, yeah. Let's Let's, let's talk about our book club, too. That's another thing we are still doing this year.
1: Yeah. So it's January. And who would have guessed? We are reading The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by no other than Marie Kondo. Shocking. (laughs) So surprised.
0: And... We are giving away a free copy of The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, uh, one copy for every five reviews that we get emailed to our inbox. So if you want to be in the running for a copy of Marie Kondo's book and you just can't wait from the library because it's January and everybody's getting that book, uh, (laughs) then leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher screenshot the review, and send it to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And we will select the winners on the last day of the month.
1: And if you guys need an example, because I know you always do. You beg us for examples. How do I do a five-star review? Well, it means that you click five stars. (laughs) and First step. Then you write something along the lines of this. This one comes from Profanagram's Frugal Frugal Fun Friends. That's the title. Jen and Jill are the fun friends that we all wish we had with us every day. I love that it feels like you're hanging out with two best friends who understand the struggle of being a young person. Dare I say millennial. <gasps> With student loan debt and trying to overcome slash deal with pressures from society, Fridays have become even more special because these two ladies let it drop every week with a dope new podcast. Never disappointed. I highly recommend this podcast. You will fall in love with them just as I have. If you like money, minimalism, and fun people, this is going to be your jam. And then it finishes with some emojis.
0: Oh my like, gosh, oh, she said dope. She or he,
1: he pro Phanogram, she or he said dope. They said that they love us. They said that we are best <sighs> yes. friends. They threw around some really great words. So that is a good, that's a good review. review. And you guys can all try to top it. That's fine. You can try yeah. to outdo that one. That's fantastic. and And you, you might you even so win much. yourself a book for doing it. So come on. Why not? Let's do it. Pull that car over and write this review.
0: Yes. All right, y'all. As always, thank you for hanging out with us. We wish you a happy, healthy, and frugal new year with less clutter and more fun and maybe a baby or two. (laughs) We will see you guys next week. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced, edited, and mixed by Eric Sirianni.
1: Oh, man. You're going to have a baby in 2019. That's weird. That is legit. You are growing a, a human inside of you. It's the weirdest thing. I cannot wrap my mind around it. It's amazing, and it's also terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. An entire <laughs> new human being. Thanks for making me feel safe about it. I don't think you should feel bad about it. It's amazing. It's also. I am excited. Incomprehensible. Yeah.
0: I yeah, have never been the person with the maternal gene. <laughs> um, I've. I've never gone up and grabbed babies or touched tummies. Uh, (laughs) Or stroked
1: them and thanked them for the joy they've brought to you. No, never,
0: never. Um, So I am interested to see how I will interact with this child. But I think (laughs) Travis and I are pretty cool. So I think whatever we produce, I'm going to like. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to think it's pretty cool. Let's plan on that. Yeah. So I look forward uh, to meeting
1: our Our future little one. Me too. Whatever it may be. He or she's going to be a little frugal friend of ours. Tiny frugal friend. Tiny,
0: tiny friend.
1: Okay. Done.